Blah 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 Exactly how excited we are to be back finally. Finally, it's finally. only been like 500 years. You know, um, I was a plague on both our houses. I basically forgot what you look like. I look like this. I had to draw a picture to remind myself what you looked like, and basically, according to my picture, you looked like sprinkles. Um, post freezer okay. because my art is not very good. Cool. Yeah. Who's Sprinkles? Oh, Sprinkles the cat. I'm sorry. I was like, great. Wait, what? <laughs> I get it. I got it. I get yeah. it. I'm sorry. I, Sprinkles is a good cat. Bandit is my favorite. And I, I super want uh, the Grimoire tea that's called Save Bandit. I don't even care what's in it. I just want it. You just want it to tab it. Um, I do have a bottle of the Office tea. Do you? <laughs> I do. And I'm clinging to my last bit of assistant to the, the regional, regional manager just so I can make a tea blend that is assistant to the regional manager yeah, at the office <laughs> and drink it one day. Don't steal my coaster, yeah, tiny yeah, human. Give the coaster back. You are the worst. It's <laughs> cool. I need a coaster anyway. I'll just hold this the whole time. There's this. It's not getting used for anything else. That's true, because I don't have a leapfrog, so it's a garbage. So, yeah. Yes, we've had the plague, just, you know, alien abduction, all kinds of shit. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been like a month. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad. I know. I think it's been over a month. But we're back now. We are. Yeah. Until next week when you won't be here again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, truckers, I don't know. Maybe I'll see you this weekend and we record a mini mini and be like, what up? What? Okay, we're done. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. By the way, this is Fanfic Fantastic uh, um, where we say stuff and do things. Yes. We do Occasionally stuff and at do the things. same time. Yes. And we read uncomfortable and inappropriate stories that may or may not be fan fiction yeah mostly they are but right now we've segued out we're gonna go back to fan fiction no, i feel no. because it's fucking shorter and this thing <laughs> has been going on for 400 years when we started this story we we're con maybe who the fuck knows continuing tonight um i didn't have gray hair and i think i do now I was literally a year younger. You we literally were happy birthday week, by yeah. the by. It's birthday month, but that's okay. I'll well, let you get away with it this I mean, time. yeah. I'm an only child. I get a month, okay? That's, true. that's how it works. Is it? It's the only time I'm allowed to be spoiled, according to my parents. Okay. Well, happy birthday month. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's cool because by the next time I see a present will actually be finished. So you can have it. Well, too bad you're getting one. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. So that's Ashley. Hi. Birthday Hi. month girl. And this is Sarah. Yeah, occasionally. That's me. Occasionally. Sometimes I wake up and I'm a Tiffany, but most of the time I'm just I am never a Tiffany. <laughs> nope. Ever. A Tiffany. I'm occasionally a Morticia. Quite often a Wednesday, I am never a Tiffany. I've seen her be Tiffany. No. Yep. Now, every once in a while, I'll be like a... Um, I saw like, a, like an Allison, as I think as perky as I get. I saw you wearing a pink dress that was the same color of your skin, and you were a Tiffany on that day. I was not a Tiffany on that day. That I now. was in, um, <laughs> no, I refuse. I was not a Tiffany. I was an unhappy camper on that day. 
It's <laughs> not. Yeah. No one should ever make a bunch of really, really, really white girls wear like flesh-colored like dresses. Yeah, it's not a cute look. Bad choice. It really is. It is your coaster. Yeah, actually, it's my coaster because you stole it. But that's cool. Thanks for using it. I appreciate. It. Yep, coasters go under cups. Good job. Yes. So the uh, sounds of screaming children uh, reminds me that this is not a safe for work podcast. Nope. Uh, we use definitely unfamily friendly language. No. And uh, yes, foul language, inappropriate commentary. Uh, there will be definite skipping of awkward <coughs> sex dialogue in the story that we're finishing up today yeah. because it's gotten real gross and I've actually skipped. Um, yes. Which we appreciate because we don't need that in our brain. We do not need if that. If you really need to know the really nitty gritty gross stuff, uh, you can get the Go on Amazon. Do yourself, free, man. Right? If you have uh, Kindle Unlimited, it is free. free. If not, pay the man. Uh, uh, it so might be a man, it might be a woman, who, it might be a dinosaur. Uh, who knows? This 100% was written by a man. Or a dinosaur. Or a dinosaur. But it was a male dinosaur. That's true. No, no matter what, it was He is really concerned about his inability to hold an erection during the High Holy Days. So it's entire... Yeah, it probably is a dude. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> no problem. I occasionally don't quote The Office and randomly quote musicals instead. Uh, can you bring back the chalice? Bring back the chalice. Can you put it on the desk? No, the whole thing. Don't. Don't. Can I have it? No nugget? Alright, so as you can tell from the childlike <laughs> voices in the background, um, our guest this evening is a tiny person. Yep. Um, Hi. Because Hi. while Hi. this is not safe for your work, apparently it is safe for my tiny, oh. tiny spawn. Uh, because, oh uh, yeah, she doesn't know words yet. She doesn't know words. But she does use a coaster because we've graced her right. And she's not a heathen. Uh, she also wants you to know that no noggin is coming. See? What's no noggin? No noggin is the mythical thing that comes on Halloween and steals your hat off of your head. Um, if you have seen the Curious George Halloween movie 400 times like I have. <laughs> oh, that's what she keeps saying is no, no noggin. noggin. <laughs> okay. Yes. Gotcha. Ah, leave that alone. Leave it there. Leave it there, please. The Holy Grail is not a drum set. Please do not use it as such. Cool. All right. So, yes. Where were we? Uh, rent, other stuff. Rent. Life. Yes. <laughs> I've seen rent like five times in the last three months. Oh, can we, speaking of rent, yes. Um, can we talk for a hot moment about how. How Fox needs to stop making um, <laughs> live musical uh, versions of things because, yeah, because Rent. It was better than other things they've done. Okay, so 
using the it was better than Rocky Horror Picture Show is like saying that it's you know it's better than a bag full of shit. Like that's not really a ringing endorsement. I enjoyed their set. Their set their was set good. Was very cool. That's the best part of the whole thing. It was uncomfortable how much fire they had. <laughs> it's like oh my god, oh my god, fire actors, fire actors. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Also. Yeah. I, I, I object to the fact that they used a terrible um, run-through as opposed to just playing it live with the guy in a wheelchair. Well, Man. that fucks up all your choreography. It does, and we also, but you'd also have better sound. We also don't know what kind of medication he was on, because he might have been pretty heavily doped up, and you don't know how long it took. For him, because if they were doing run-throughs late into the evening, you don't know how long it took for him to get actually seen and fixed by a doctor and how much sleep he had. Like, I understand why they used the taped run-through. I get it. However, there were a lot of things that happened during that run-through that I was like, wow, that's fucking dangerous. I can't believe, like, everything in uh, La Boheme. I was like, oh, my God, that's so dangerous. How How did more people not fall and break themselves? They did a lot of dangerous things that made yeah. me uncomfortable. Well, and then everybody and their brother who was actually there at the live was, like, you know, playing clips where the sound from their camera phone was, like, so much better than, like, what was being played on TV, which is really sad. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I don't understand how um, some of their choices of what they edited in terms of dialogue, because... Like, they changed some lyrics, which were completely inoffensive and (laughs) fine, and then decided that other things, oh, like, um, so sodomy and dildo, totally cool, but poop, (laughs) can't say, yeah, can't say shit. But that's, that, I, when they, when he's saying, um, so before you poo-poo it, Mm -hmm. is that what you're talking about? I think they changed that because it's a shitty rhyme, and they made it into a better, more clever-sounding rhyme. I think that's why they changed it. I don't think it has anything to do with the word poop. Because I was like, um, that sounds better than poo-poo. poo is a stupid word. Yeah, but why, I mean, why change the lyrics at all? Because they bought the rights and they can. But should you? <laughs> I mean... That's, it's like the that's Jurassic, a question for it's Ian the Malcolm, Jurassic so. Park thing. Yes. <laughs> Damn, that's right. This is why we're friends. <laughs> oh, dinosaurs take over. Uh, like dinosaur I, eats man. I, I, I inherit the earth. Yeah, no. Inherit the earth. I, I there were good things and there were bad things about it. Um, uh, there there were good things and bad things. Um. But can we agree that the saddest thing about it was that I didn't watch it and um, live text you while I was doing it? Yes. Because... 100% that is the saddest thing. I know. It's still my favorite part of um, (laughs) Fox's version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, There were definitely things I did like. There were definitely things I did not like. I I, I thought that some of the main characters, uh, the actors and actresses... I, I used to do theater, so I just say actors in general. It applies to everybody. Yeah. Um, they didn't 
push themselves to hit those notes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's because it was a run through, so they were marking it. They were saving their voice. They were just marking it. Or if that's really what it was. Because I felt like they could all hit the notes that they were supposed to hit. But some of them were weak at those notes. They could have been a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. That being said, the support cast, everybody playing like a homeless person or a parent, they were awesome. <laughs> yeah. Backup singers. Were they were great. <laughs> Um, that's actually the best part about be- the live action Beauty and the Beast was everybody like in the back, <laughs> singers in the back, really spot on. Um, but no, the reason that reminded me of Boost because we saw Brent at the Hollywood Bowl like Ooh. with the live cast, uh-huh. um, and Vanessa Hudgens was Mimi. Mm. And she's Maureen in this one. Yeah. And I think the she would have been better as well. Oh no. Oh no. no. Really? It was oh, no. awful. Like we still text about it to this day how terrible it is. And when they announced the cast, um, there were a flurry of texts between my friend the one with I going like, Oh my god, do you remember when we were at the Hollywood Bowl and she was there and she it was like the worst thing ever? Why didn't we record that? <laughs> and then we're like, Oh wait, we didn't because we didn't want to have to remember how bad that was. <laughs> it was awful. Like it was painfully bad. Huh. And so the fact that uh she didn't want to make me gouge my earballs out was I guess a an impressive feat because it was literally t- it was I sounded better singing to the tiny one at night than she sounded performing as Mimi. And that's saying a lot because for those of you who do not know me, I sound like a frog who has been murdered and brought back to life and then had whiskey poured down their throat uh, through my gaping throat hole that's been cut. That's not true. It's real bad. Like, I'm a My mom told me to stop singing once because I could not sing. (laughs) And so if your mom crushes your dream, you know it's bad. No, no, no. Here, take this. You can use this. Don't put it in the trash. <laughs> I'm sorry I took it away because I thought I would stop the thing. So she found a different receptacle. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, today's bows? broadcast is brought, brought to you bows? by no. toddlers. Bows? Well, yes, I need them for things. Okay, all right, all right. You just let her have the trash can, dude. It's fine. Like, okay, all right. <laughs> it's too late now. Well, now she can pour them back and forth, and she's quite happy. Cool. All right. So, let's get down to business. To defeat the Huns. <laughs> Actually, I had a short story I wanted to read to you quick. Okay. Is it better than the one we're reading? Because yeah. it's No, it's much better. It's much better. Hang on. I have to find the screen cap that I took. Do you think a screen cap of a story? Yeah. Is it like once upon a time, boom, the end? No. Okay. Guys, it is a short story, though. That's what they all say. Oh, and, and Wish has started to get weird again? So well, finally, it's about time. We know, so I took pictures of that to show you, too. Is it this? No. I love when Wish gets weird. Yeah. Me, too. Baby shark, that's right. Do, do, do. Okay. All right. So this was from uh, 
This is from Reddit, uh, Short Scary Stories, which is my, my favorite Reddit place. And this is by Proper Cloud. Yes, Proper, Proper Cloud. Okay. And it's titled, Sorry, I'm going to have to let you go. Sorry, I'm going to have to let you go. That's what my manager said. The first job I ever get in forever, gone after five months. I was trying my best. I'm trying my fucking best, but he couldn't see my potential. Lost my house. Fucking bank wouldn't even let me stay for a week. Then that bitch took the kids away to live with her that, with that demon she calls mother. Everything else just felt a shit after that. Now I've got nowhere to go. Nowhere but up. Up this tall building, which used to be where I worked. Never really noticed that it went up 32 floors. I haven't been here that long anyway. Finally reached, finally reached the roof. Damn, that's a long way down, I thought. But there's nothing else for me to do. Can't go back anymore. I can already see the red and blue lights flashing and sirens wailing not far from the building. Aw, people actually do care about you. What a shame, I said. After I beat the living shit out of him, I stood on the edge of the roof holding him up. I looked straight in his eyes. I could see his terrified soul as he knew what I was going to say. Sorry, I'm going to have to let you go. Aww. <laughs> Got it. He threw off. That's the yeah. manager off. <laughs> Thank you, Proper Cloud. I enjoyed that. That one was solid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid, solid story. <laughs> and much better than the one we were about to read. Short, scary, story, short, scary stories is where it's at. It's true. Me could never go wrong with a short, scary story. Uh, yes. Okay, so we are forever, forever till I die, it feels like <laughs> at this point, um, reading Lust Finds a Way by fucking Spaceman McGee. Um, Look, the listeners want to know how it ends, okay? R.K. Galaga or some shenanigans. That sounds right. Uh, yes, R.K. Galaga from. Right. Um, it's an Amazon Kindle exclusive, probably not actually exclusive, but it sounds cooler that way. Yeah. So if you have forgotten what happened, I don't blame you because it's been like forty-five years since we last visited the land of, um, the men who become dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, we are hanging out with Andy. Who we thought was a young man. <laughs> we thought he was the youngest man at reception, but it turns out that no, no. he is not the youngest man at reception. He is indeed old. Um, what, like mid 40s? Yeah. And his life is sad, and his only joy in life comes from his, um, what well, who he thinks is his love of his life and girl of his heart. Um, but really is just the girl that he pays cash money to have sex with him. Yeah. And after an encounter where he fails to use the proper prophylactic, he discovers that he has turned into a dinosaur. He's not sure exactly what kind. He thinks maybe a raptor of some sort, um, which makes our Jurassic Park references from earlier much more appropriate and timely. And as... A dinosaur, his main concern is not that he is now a motherfucking dinosaur. It is that he has a teeny tiny penis that cannot get hard. 
Um, and that seems to be his major driving issue and concern. So he goes back to visit uh, his lady of the night nowadays, who takes him to her bathroom doctor. Yep. Um, Dr. Friend. And Dr. Oh, God, I forgot about Dr. Friend. Dr. Uh. Friend takes them down into the weird underground laboratory that he has, uh, where he tests them for a variety of STDs, and then tells Mina, um, Andy's lady friend, that she should probably refrain from having any kind of other sexual encounter until the results of her STD tests are back, since the last guy that she slept with is now a dinosaur. <laughs> um, to which point she replies, uh, sorry, but I'm fucking a guy who's about to die, and I can't really put that off. So, of course, Andy gets all mad because he thinks that he's Mina's true love, and yet, you know, she's seeing other people. Um... And by seeing, I mean they pay her to have sex because, again, she doesn't love Andy. He's just a client. Um, so she sneaks him into her room awkwardly because, again, he's a dinosaur. Yeah. Um, and he hides in the closet while she has really uncomfortable sex with <laughs> the dying guy. I don't think um, she was uncomfortable. We were We uncomfortable. were uncomfortable. We skipped it because it was super uncomfortable. All right. So, we are now on our final chapter, chapter three. See, I thought we were getting close to you. Yeah. Okay, so, did you ever play Animal Crossing? Mm-hmm. You know the the doctor who would come around and teach you emotions? Yeah. Dr. Shrunk? It looks like kind of like that. This is what I imagine Dr. Friend to look like. Yeah, a little bit. Like, 100% in my head, this is Dr. Friend. We'll put Friend. it on Instagram so you can see it. Um, yeah, but that's basically it. So... Chapter 3 of Lust Finds a Way. <coughs> the new day's light trickling in through the dusty blinds doesn't reach me in the closet, and I don't wake up until some clothes and plastic hangers fall on my head. Peering through the slats <laughs> in the closet door. Such a sad person. <laughs> he's 40, and he's peeping in on his girlfriend he pays. And no, he's sleeping in sleeping her closet, in closet after I listening know. to her banging a different dude. It's so pathetic. It is. Peering in through the slats in the closet door, I see Mina asleep on top of her covers, wearing lacy powder blue panties and a sheer white t-shirt. She's such an angelic creature, her, her bosom rising and falling as she breathes, <laughs> beads of saliva trickling from her relaxed mouth. Seeing her with such a peaceful glow eases my tortured heart. It lets me go, helps me let go of the envy I have for a dying man that was able to move Mina to tears. It reminds me that I'd rather her feel nothing for me at all than cause her pain. I'd gladly spend hours just sitting here watching her sleep, except for one thing. I have to take a shit. As there are no knobs on the inside of this door, I need her to open it for me. Mina, I whisper. She rolls over to face the closet, but her eyes remain shut. Mina, I try again a little louder this time. She makes a noise that isn't human speech. <laughs> Mina, I need you to let me out of here. She scratches her chin and sits up on the bed. Oh, right, she mutters. There's a dinosaur in my closet. <laughs> Mina. Uh, that, by the way, I have to is the uh, follow-up to There's a Monster in My Closet. <laughs> One of my favorite books from childhood. Although this monster is going to take a shit in your closet. Yeah. It's not the best. No, it's not. Still with closed eyes, she shuffles over and opens the door. 
So I um, have to go to the bathroom. What should I do? Oh, crap. Let me think for a second. Squinting, she looks around the room. Here, she says, stumbling over to grab the trash can. Do you think you can go on this? Maybe. Take it to the bathroom. I don't want you shitting on my clothes. Uh, can I fit in there? Probably not all the way. She flops onto the bed and is fast asleep before I can say anything else. Just as I feared, my whole body can't fit into her bathroom. Fortunately, it doesn't have to. After some finagling, I figure out that if I walk in face first and place the bucket just inside the door, I can let my tail extend into the main bedroom. As I'm squatting over the basket, I see my favorite picture poking out from under a pile of loose hairs and styrofoam bits. It's pretty pointless for me to save it, but for some reason, I can't bring myself to shit on the girl in the red dress. I fish it out of the basket and put it on the sink before doing my business. Surprisingly, the business goes smoothly. I'm even able to dump that. the bucket into the toilet without making a mess. Mina wakes up when I flush. I'm trying to sleep out here. Sorry, I thought it would be better if I didn't just leave my shit floating in your toilet. Fair enough. She's a peach. She rolls over. But now, if you let me get back to sleep for a bit, that would be awesome. Last night was pretty draining. <laughs> sure, I walk over and put this salvage photo on Mina's dresser. You can come in the bed if you want, if you can fit. Really? Sure, why not? I climb onto bed, <coughs> careful not to bounce the mattress. Lying on my side, I let my tail hang off the edge where there's nothing in its path to be inadvertently smashed. Mina faces the wall away from me. At first, I put about two feet of space between us, but as I start to feel more comfortable, I get a little bolder. Inch by inch, I move closer until I feel her round t-shirt against my scaly belly. I drape my arm around her with my hand just under the shirt of her bare stomach. Is this okay? I whisper. <laughs> and that's why we're reading this. <laughs> Because despite the really gross sex, it's hilarious. <laughs> Without answering, she puts her hand on top of mine. The touch of another human never felt so reassuring. For a moment, I let go of the hopelessness that has dominated my spirit ever since my trek through the desert. Oh yeah, because don't forget, he turned to a, <laughs> a dinosaur in the middle of the desert and then was picked up by three guys in a car. I thought he was going to Comic-Con. That's right. My heart swells and my mind floods with preposterous scenarios. I imagine the two of us running away together, leaving behind the spirit-crushing town all of its sinful trappings. We build a cabin in the forest somewhere out in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Mina's in the backyard splitting logs for firewood while I hunt for our dinner. As I'm chasing down a deer, I stumble across Bigfoot hiding behind a bladdernut bush. <laughs> We strike up a conversation and soon find that, as a couple of prehistoric throwbacks, we actually have a lot in common. He even agrees to officiate at our wedding. The wedding is a small affair, attended only by our other woodland creatures. It rains, but we don't mind. After Bigfoot pronounces us dinosaur and wife, me and I duck under a tree and make love. Nine months later, our children are born. No. They're cute Pokemon-like creatures with big black saucer eyes, and it's probably not a good idea for me to father children. The euphoria. <laughs> I don't even think that's the thing you can do. All right, the, true. I don't, I don't think it's like dogs and cats doing it together. It's not going to make a cat dog. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> it's end of times. 
The euphoria passes and I snap back to reality. I want nothing more than to oh. be with Mina, but the fact is I probably will have to run away, and I doubt Mina will come with me. The current plan is for me to hang at Lavender House until we get the test results back from Dr. Friend, but we never talked about what happens after that. If the doctor somehow figures the back out a way for me to change back into human, then can I just go back to my normal life? But what if he can't help me? I certainly can't live in Mina's closet forever. Eventually, she'll run out of freezer-burned meat for me to eat. Eventually, I'll get sick of watching her fuck other men. Maybe I should just leave now while Mina's asleep. As long as I'm with her, she's in danger, if not physical danger, the danger of having her life turned upside down when the world finds out she's harboring a dinosaur in her closet. <laughs> I've been telling myself that to be a man, I have to stand up for her and protect her. Maybe the only honest way for me to be a man is to get the hell out of her life. Who am I kidding? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Great. At least not until I absolutely have to. I know it's selfish, but the feeling of her soft, warm body pressed against me is too comforting to give up right now. I nuzzle the back of Mina's neck with my snout. Her breathing changes. Her eyes remain closed, but I can tell she's no longer asleep. With her body still facing the wall, she reaches back until she finds my leg. Her hand glides across the scales of my upper thigh before wandering downward. Yeah. My stomach tightens in anticipation as her curious fingers explore my mysterious anatomy. A shiver shoots up my spine when she finds what she's looking for. <sighs> With a delicate grip, she begins to stroke. My tail sways in the air behind me as her skilled hand slides up and down my eager cock. My claws but, tear through the fabric of like the mattress. That's not how lizards <clears throat> work. That's not how lizard anatomy works. He did not get a hemifian. It's cool. Um, <laughs> she strokes faster, matching the rhythm of my heart thumping against her back. Her shirt and panties become moist with perspiration as she tirelessly works my cock like a blind sculptor. Alas, in spite of the blissful sensation, I remain soft as wet clay. <laughs> Excitement turns to anxiety as I grow impatient with my unresponsive organ. Mina senses my frustration. She tries tightening her grip and jerking even faster, but the extra friction doesn't help. With every desperate tug, I feel more dejected. Too embarrassed to say anything, I'd get let her continue until I'm raw. Finally, she gives up. Releasing my flaccid cock, she turns around, plants a consoling kiss on my snout. It's okay, Andy. I sigh. I suppose you're going to tell me this happens to a lot of guys. I'm a professional, remember? Take my word for it. I see this happen at least twice a week. Well, it never happened to me until I became a dinosaur. Nina lays her head on my chest. Listen, I won't pretend to know anything about your new body, but in my experience, this kind of thing is most often caused by stress or anxiety. You're going through an extremely stressful thing right now. Yeah, well, it's hard not to be anxious when I see no light in the tunnel. If Dr. Friend can't cure me, then I'll be stuck like this for the rest of my life. Four. Ever. Don't take this the wrong way, she says as she caresses my cheek, but I don't actually seem that different to me. Uh, uh, um, um, I used to be able to walk into a bathroom and sit on the toilet. Yes. Trust me, you'll start to feel better once you realize that you're still Andy. How does that help? I'm not sure I liked who I was before either. <laughs> Mina sits up in bed and stretches. Okay, we should probably get up. I'll give Dr. Friend another call in. Just then, there's a knock on Mina's door. Mina, are you awake? Miss Hannah's commanding voice penetrates the door and fills the room. Uh, yeah, give me a sec. 
I leap out of bed and dart into the closet. Mina opens her (laughs) Mina opens the bedroom door and in steps the female Napoleon that is Madame Hannah. What's up, Miss Hannah? Miss Hannah makes sure the door is closed behind her, then sits down on the bed next to Mina. I need to talk to you about something that happened here yesterday afternoon. Okay, shoot. Someone was here to see you, a client, during non-business hours. Shit, she knows. Mina stares at her blankly. Do you know anything about this? Miss Hannah asks. Were you expecting anyone? Wait, this happened while I was out? Yeah, at about 3 o'clock. Okay, maybe not. Who was it? (laughs) It was that guy John from the other night. The guy kept his sunglasses on. Yeah, I remember him. He hasn't contacted me again, though. Strangely, he would just show up uninvited. I thought so, too. Miss Hannah continues, I came home to find a vin- um, for my meeting downtown to find a vintage black Crown Victoria parked on the street with nobody in it. When I got around back to the parking lot, there was a man in a black suit peeking into the garage window. He turned around when he heard me approach, and I recognized him immediately. I asked him what he was doing for, and he said he was looking for you. Weird. Do you know if he at least tried to ring the doorbell before poking around in the backyard? Miss Hannah shakes her head. Tina and Cindy were home, and they said nobody rang or knocked. And for someone who had just been caught trespassing, this guy was very relaxed when I confronted him. I can't explain it, but there was something very unsettling about that. Who knows? Maybe if I'd come back any later, I would have found him sitting in my office with his feet up on my desk. Really, I have to wonder sometimes if I should just have some of the muscle set up in the front yard with shotguns or something. I mean, what what am I fucking them for? Anyway, of course, I told him that we didn't allow anyone on the grounds during non-business hours, and he needed to go. He smiled, then left without saying another word. Hmm. Well, I've had my share of stalkers, of course, but that typically doesn't happen after just one session. Was he ever here before, like to see any of the other girls? <clears throat> nope. That other night was his first ever visit <clears throat> to the Lavender House. What was he like when he visited here? Did he know anything about him before he arrived? It was a last-minute appointment, so there wasn't a lot of time for me to vet him. But he said in his email he just wanted to watch me masturbate, so I figured it would be an easy night. And it was, for the most part. I mean, he was awkward, but not really (laughs) worse than any of my other clients. Although, now I think about it, there was some bizarre coolness about him that seemed a little off. I guess I didn't give him much thought at the time, though, because he didn't stay very long. I don't know if you remember, but he was gone within half an hour. He never even took his dick out. He just watched me go to town with a dildo. When he see enough, he thanked me and left. As I said, I thought it was an easy night. Out of curiosity, did he leave his sunglasses on the entire time? Yeah, I guess. Is it relevant? Miss Hannah frowns and looks down at the floor. I don't know. Probably not. But it's weird, right? Miss Hannah, do you think this guy's dangerous? I don't know. I just have a strange feeling about him. Yeah, me too. Glad we're on the same page. If he ever shows up again, I'll assume he hasn't been invited and I'll be a little more aggressive in how I send him away. Miss Hannah stands up and walks to the door. Thanks, Miss Hannah. You know I'm always looking out for you girls. Her face is softer than I've ever seen it. And if you need to talk about anything, you know where to find me. I know, Miss Hannah. I appreciate it. With that, Miss Hannah let herself out. After the sound of footsteps on the hallway carpet fades away, Mina hops from the bed and lets me out of the closet. Now we have more mystery. Me too. Who are the men in black? I don't know. Oh, I think they're actually men in black. Actually men in black? Yeah. Who knew about turning into a dinosaur before it happened and just happened to want to watch her get off on herself. Or yes. there's some freaky shit going on that we don't know about. 
Who knows? We'll find out. Maybe. We will. Maybe. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> um, do, 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 do. Where was I? Um, I'm assuming you heard all that. It did. So what should we do now? I'm not sure exactly. Mina walks over to the window and looks out at the parking lot. You know what's strange? Besides every single thing that's happened in the last 72 hours? Mina furrows her brow. That guy was here after we already left yesterday, which means he didn't follow us doctor friends. Right? Which means he either had some other way of knowing where I went, or... Or he had another reason to be hanging out across the street from Silverman County Naturals. Which explains why he didn't follow us when we left. Mina rushes over to the dresser and grabs her phone. She dials frantically and then waits with a held breath for someone to pick up. Fuck! It went straight to voicemail. Now what? Come on, we have to go. Mina rifles through her dresser for some clothes. No, there's no time to sneak you out through the house. You have to go out the window. Meet me by the gar- Meet me by the garage. She's out the door before I can say anything. Oh no. Think Dr. Friend's okay? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> we take off so hard out of the garage that I nearly fall off the back of the bike. My claws tear through Mina's shirt and I burn the inside of my foot on the exhaust pipe as I try to hold on with my legs. Mina drives as though the world is made of Nerf foam. We bounce over sidewalk curbs, <laughs> speed the wrong way down one-way streets, and even hop up onto concrete road dividers when necessary. Luckily, we arrive at Silverman County Naturals in Wait, one piece what? with no civilian casualties. Hopping on the concrete road dividers? Yeah, man. Like they're, uh-huh, like they're you know, freaking little skateboarders. Like, not, not a thing. It is a thing. Not a thing. Yep, it is. Just as we feared, we find the familiar Ford LTD Crown Victoria waiting for us in the parking lot. I just want to tell you later. Alright. We pull up next to it and see that it's empty. When we get to the front door of the store, we see the lock has been broken. Mina slowly pushes it open and peeks inside. I don't see anyone in there, she whispers. He must have found the trap door. (laughs) We hold our breath as we step inside and make our way to the counter. Sure enough, the trap door is open, but the tunnel is completely dark. Mina tentatively grabs, places her foot on the first stair, but I grab her arm before she can go any further. Wait, I whisper. Let me go first. Because they're whispering. They're whispering. She shakes her head. No, really. I continue. I'm not whispering anymore. I can see better in the dark than you can. She reluctantly steps aside, flexing my tail as high as possible to prevent it from tumbling down the creaky... Sorry. Thumb... Thumbing? Thumbing. Thumbing. Thumbing down. Thumbing the creaky one under my feet. Thumb. Thumb. Yeah. I hate when I thumb shit. I descend down into the murky dungeon. When I reach the bottom, I see the door to Dr. Fred's office is ajar, and there's a faint blue glow. (laughs) There's a faint blue glow coming from under the opening. Mina makes it down the stairs, running tits first into the base of my tail and stepping on my heel in the process. I take hold of her arm, realizing the dim blue light is too weak for her shoddy human eyes to detect. (laughs) We proceed slowly down the tunnel toward the door. Thumbing the whole way. Thumbing. 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 <laughs> I know you're out there, calls a familiar monotone voice from inside the room. You may as well come in. 
Mina grips my arm firmly as I nudge the door open with my snout. At first glance, the room looks the same as it did yesterday. I was expecting to see signs of a struggle with furniture turned over and medical instruments scattered about, but even the wax paper on the exam table is intact. The lights are out in the main office area, and I soon realize the blue glow is coming from the door to the secret <laughs> lab in the back. My brain keeps correcting it to glue blow. <laughs> And I don't know why. <laughs> so damn blue blow? Goddamn blue blow. <laughs> don't be shy, says the voice. We're back here in the laboratory. Come join us. It's weird. <laughs> the only sound in the room is the clacking of my nails on linoleum. And the thumbing. And the thumbing. No, he's holding his tail to avoid the thumbing. Oh, so it's just clacking. Just clacking. Oh, here, I've got clacking. Yeah. Uh, and even that disappears as we cross over the rug in the middle of the office. When we reach the secret room, we freeze. This is where the struggle happened. Pools of mysterious liquids shine under the dull indigo light. Seen with it? slivers of shattered beakers and test tubes spread across the cement floor. Unidentifiable gadgets with exposed wires and twisted metal appendages are turning turned over on tabletops. The trail of blood stretching down the aisle between the two tables is discernible from the other liquids only by its stench. My eyes follow the trail to the back of the room where I see Dr. Friend tied to a chair with a battered face and a lab coat soaked in blood. His Coke bottle glasses hang loosely on his splattered strawberry of a nose as he struggles to hold his head up. Standing behind Dr. Friend, almost completely in shadow, is Mustache Sunglasses Man. <laughs> we should have come up with that's a better his, name. That's his actual name. <laughs> oh, God. A faint blue reflection in his glasses is all that can be seen of his face. In one hand, he holds a rifle with a long, skinny barrel. His <laughs> other hand extends out from the darkness, holding a pistol to Dr. Friend's head. Amazing. Simply amazing. Sunglasses Man lurches his head into the light. When I saw you from across the street yesterday, I really wanted to get a closer look. Unfortunately, I had more pressing matters to attend to at the time. Seeing you now, right in front of me, I'm just blown away. A real dinosaur in this room. Wow. <laughs> now that you wow. have me, why don't you just let me and the doctor go? I wish I could, believe me. Trying to fit the three of you into the trunk of my car isn't going to be easy. In fact, I made every effort to get all the information I needed out of, doc out of the samples Dr. Friend took from yesterday just to avoid this very scenario. Unfortunately, some of those samples were destroyed during our tussle, along with the equipment needed to analyze it. If only the doctor had been more cooperative. Fuck, could he just not be monotone? Like, I'd appreciate that. Just FYI. I, I like your monotone, though. It's kind of hilarious. It's a, it's, it's a great... Uh, juxtapose uh, against um, what's the girl's name? Mina. Mina. Who in my head is totally a Tiffany. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, definitely Tiffany. Yeah. Alright. Sunglasses man jabs Dr. Friend in the temple with his gun. Anyway, now I'm going to need you to get more samples from both you and Mina. And I need the doctor's help in getting them. And since the lab has been pretty much trashed, we're all going to be moving to another one. Mina steps out from behind me. Who the hell are you anyway? I'm with the kids these days. Call a spook. But you can just call me John, as you did the other night. Former government agent, <laughs> mumbles Dr. Friend, barely audibly. Wait, wait, his name is John? 
And he was her John. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, we don't actually know if his name is John, John but. but but huh. he gave the name John and he was a John. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, why not? If the shoe fits. If the shoe, if the condom fits. All right, you must acquit. Um, John cracks the doctor over the head with his gun. Yes, Pow! well, I still have the company car. That should count for something, huh? And once I show the organization what I've got here, they'll have to take me back. And what organization is that exactly? Ask Mina. Uh, secret one. That's all you need to know. <laughs> D.S. interjects Dr. Friend. John fires a shot with his pistol that grazes the edge of Dr. Friend's foot. Dr. Friend howls in pain as blood pours out from the side of his brown loafer. <sighs> oh, quit crying. It's barely a scratch. But really, Dr. Friend, I'm going to have to insist that you shut up now. The only reason I haven't gagged you is because I know you can't breathe through your nose at the moment. John looks up at me and me. Well, let this serve as a warning to you. While I'd prefer to have more scientific data before I go back to the organization, all I really need to bring them is a living dinosaur. That means both the doctor and the whore are expendable if they turn out to be more trouble than they're worth. Don't call her a whore. Andy, shut up! Mina tugs my arm. <laughs> Why not? John snickers. She's more of a whore than this guy as a doctor. I said, don't call her a whore. I take a twitchy step forward. Mina fights coming back. Andy, please stop. Look at this guy, John says in Dr. Friend's ear. This fucking guy. <laughs> he fucks a hooker without a condom one time, and now he's all chivalrous like she's his girlfriend or something. How do you fucking know about that? Mina snaps. Uh, John's twisted grin reveals a mouthful of dull beige teeth. It's simple, really. You see, being the gentleman I am, I brought you a couple of gifts when I came for our romantic evening at the Lavender House. Bullshit, you didn't bring me anything. They were secret gifts. One was a listening device, which I discreetly installed behind a photograph on the wall. Apparently, you didn't take very good care of that one, which is why I stopped by the Lavender House this afternoon. And what was the other gift? John laughs. That one. Huh. Huh. Sorry, that's his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. 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 That one was the PSD resistance. This is what this whole thing is about. It was a very special lubricant that I applied to your sex toy while your back was turned. Special lubricant? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about the experimental dinosaur making formula that you unknowingly deposited into your own vagina. Yeah, no. that's right. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. I need you to read that sentence again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Once more with feeling? Once more with feeling. <laughs> I'm talking about the experimental dinosaur-making formula that you unknowingly deposited <laughs> into your own vagina. Go uh, uh, on her tombstone. Uh, I want a button that says that. <laughs> I can make that happen. Oh, God. All right. It's not good. <clears throat> Wait, so you're the one that actually caused all this? You put a toxic substance on my dildo and then just sat there watching as I infected myself with it? That is pretty fucked up. All in the name of science. Do you realize it'd be cheaper to produce an army of a hundred raptors than it currently is to build a single reaper drone? I may have to crunch the numbers again on that one. But anyway, as it turns out, women can only be carriers of the virus. Estrogen X... <clears throat> As some sort of suppressant or something, which prevents them from developing the actual disease. I'm not a scientist myself, so I don't really understand how it works. 
Just a lucky break for me that you two idiots engaged in unprotected sex after Mina was infected and that she passed the virus along to you. A lucky break? You turned me into an abomination. My body gets warm and my sickle claws began tapping involuntarily on the cement. Mina squeezes my hand. Andy, calm down, she whispers. Don't you see? <laughs> His whole plan was to turn you into a weapon. Now he's trying to figure out what sets you off. Don't listen to her, Andy. Andy, listen to your primal instincts. Come over here and tear me apart. Show me what those killer claws can do. Uh, I have molten mm. lava throwing through, flowing through my veins. I know Mina's right, but my desire to bite off this man's face is clouding my brain. That awful 70s mustache spreads like curtains over a stupid grin. This oversized designer sunglasses forever fixed to his head. I know what he wants, but part of me wants it too. Part of me wants to see what the savage in me is capable of. Mina steps in front of me and places both hands on my snout. He won't get more than two steps before he blasts you with that tranquilizer rifle. He's got us, Andy. We're not getting out of this. The only way you can win is by not becoming the monster he wants you to be. Looking into Mina's eyes, I feel my animalistic rage dwindle. As much as I want to slice John open and slurp up his intestines like giant udon noodles, I can't bear the thought of Mina watching as I lose what's left of my humanity. I rest my head on her shoulder, and she strokes the back of my neck. John sneers. You don't want to play? Fine. Guess I'll just shoot your girlfriend in the back then. He points the, he points the pistol at Mina. As he steps around the chair, Dr. Friend sticks out his non-bleeding foot, causing John to stumble. The pistol goes off, and a beaker across the room explodes. At that moment, instinct takes over. I slip past Mina with two strides, then leap 12 feet through the air, catching John in the chest with my talons. He falls hard on his back with me landing on top of him. His pistol slides out of reach, but he manages to hold on to the rifle. I dig hard with my sickle claws, but a layer of Kevlar body armor stops them from reaching flesh. Oh no, he broke a nail. <laughs> oh no, it's going to get better. As we brawl, his sunglasses are knocked off of his face, revealing his left eye to be a mechanical lens. What? A flashing red light on the aperture momentarily blinds me, and John takes advantage. He clocks me in the side of the head with the butt of the rifle, then fires a dart into my neck. I slap my, snap my jaws on his arm, and he drops the gun. To my shock, Don, John doesn't cry out. In fact, he stops struggling altogether. He stares up at me calmly, even as my tinks teeth sink deeper into his bloody appendage fantastic you're even more ferocious than i could have ever hoped he sounds strangely far away i feel the muscles in my jaw weaken until i can no longer hold his arm in my mouth the room starts to spin and my legs wobble john gives me a little shove and i topple over onto my side my limbs are now too heavy to move i watch hopelessly as mina races over to grab john's pistol before um, before he can they get hold of it at the same time, but Mina has better leverage. She drops her knee hard on his bleeding arm and fights to pull the weapon away from him. Shifting his weight to make space between his body and hers, he plants his foot on her hip. With one powerful kick, he pushes her off of him. As she stumbles backwards, she loses her grip on the gun, leaving him in sole possession of it. She charges at him while he's struggling to get to his feet. Even off balance, he manages to throw another hard kick this time hitting her square in the chin. She crumbles to the floor. Yeah. John stands over her and aims the pistol at her face. I'd say I was really hoping I didn't have to do this, he says, flashing his coffee-stained teeth. But by now, we all know that's a lie. 
He's barely three feet away from me. If only I'm able to swing my tail, I could stop him. Say your prayers, whore. Just as John pulls back the hammer on the gun, a shiny projectile sails through the air and impales him in the throat. He drops his weapon and stumbles and back against the wall. Blood pours from his wound, turning his white shirt red within seconds. His feet slide out from under him and he flops down on the hard cement. <laughs> he pauses the blade in his neck as he gasps for air. Eventually, the gasping stops and his body is still. Oh. Go on, check the doctor. I'll see if Mina's okay. I never thought I'd be so happy to hear Madame Hannah's domineering voice. <laughs> Still barely able to lift my head, I watch as she walks into my field of vision, followed by a thick, tattooed man in jeans and a leather vest. Here, says Madame Hannah, as she hands the man a 12-inch hunting knife. The man begins cutting through the ropes that bind Dr. Friend. Miss Hannah cradles Mina's head and helps her sit up. Are you okay? I think so. Mina rubs her jaw. Did he really just say that? Say your prayers, whore? God, that guy's a twisted cartoon villain. <laughs> he is. What about that dinosaur? Asks the gruff voice belonging to someone still behind me. It seems to be breathing. Yeah, see if he's okay. But will it bite me? Oh, quit being such a pussy, Rick. He can't even move. See the dart <laughs> in his neck? He's been tricked. God, Rick. Really? I mean, just come to grips faster, okay? Seriously, Chad. Fuck. <laughs> I attempt to wave. My arm just flops on the floor. Don't worry. I won't bite. Shit, it talks! You didn't tell me it could talk. I didn't know it could talk, Rick. You're the one who saw him in the backyard the other day, not me. Yeah, well, when I mentioned it, you didn't seem surprised. I figured you had some idea about it. Not really. I just don't get shocked by things anymore. When Rick approaches, he blocks out all the light in the room. Standing nearly seven feet tall with legs the size of giant sequoias and arms the size of slightly smaller giant sequoias... <laughs> Please draw this. Please draw this for me. <laughs> 100%. He looks down on me with surprisingly timid blue eyes. His sandy brown beard looks like an entire sheep decided to hitch a ride on his chin. I need to see this. <laughs> I'm Rick, he says, giving my hand, lifting my hand from the floor and giving it a gentle shake. My name is Andy. Miss Hannah's jaw drops. Andy? As in Andy Bruckner, Mina's client? Yes, ma'am. Never mind, I take it back. I guess I still can't be shocked. Dr. Friend attempts to stand but falls back in the chair immediately. Hey, fella, he says, turning to the man that cut his ropes. You think you can give me a hand? The man helps the doctor to his feet, supporting most of his weight with one powerful arm. Thank you, sir. I'm Dr. Friend, by the way. And what's your name? They call me Domino. <laughs> Domino, can you help me out the back to my office? I want to take care of his foot. The bastard shot me. It's good to hear you speaking in full sentences again, Mina said. I was worried he beat you so badly you had brain damage or something. Oh, she's so sensitive. She is. Nah, he just injected me with a bit of the stuff he shot into Andy. Just enough to make me sluggish and slur my speech. That's how I was able to kick my ass. Dr. Fern strains, strains his glasses. Anyway, it's starting to wear off. I could probably even walk if not for the foot. Domino and Dr. Friend slowly make their way out of the lab, being careful not to slip on the various fluids and shards of glass in their path. Semen? Yep. Maybe we should all move to the office, suggests Mina. This place is dark and depressing. Plus, there's a dead body in the corner. <laughs> Good idea. Oh, my God. Good idea. Said Miss Hannah. And she stands up. Rick, I think you're going to have to carry Andy. Rick peels me off the ground like a wet rug, and the four of us join Domino and the doctor in the brightly lit, dead-body-free exam room. 
so Miss Hannah, what made you show up here with the cavalry? Mina asks as she takes a seat next to uh, her on the stool. How'd you know where to find us? Rick had already told me about seeing you with the dinosaur yesterday, and I found it to be pretty disconcerting that you neglected to mention this detail during our conversation. Then I heard your bike engine as you were leaving, and since it was right after we finished talking, I figured something I said must have spooked you. And if it had anything to do with that sunglasses wearing psycho, um, I thought I probably should come after you. I didn't know for sure where you went, but Dr. Friend's bunker is the first place I would go if a sunglasses wearing psycho was chasing me with my dude, my new dinosaur friend. <laughs> sure. Totally makes sense. 100%. Just 100, like, that's the, that's the, uh, the most logical conclusion. Yeah. I mean, where else would you go? Yeah. Benihana. Ooh. That sounds lovely. Right? I want to go to Benihana. Where you tell you go? Nagasaki. <laughs> <laughs> I said not because that sounds really disgusting and also inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but I can only go if I can give the chef tips on this knife because I'm an expert. <laughs> All right. Um, so you didn't know that the dinosaur and sunglasses psycho were connected? Well, I didn't know for sure, but I had my suspicions. They did show up around the same day, after all. Maybe think of a story I heard years ago from a client who was ex-FBI. One night, this guy got drunk and started railing about these mysterious spooks who never show you their eyes. Not they were cyborgs or something like that. He said the organization they worked for did crazy biological experiments. Miss Hannah looks over at me as I dangle limply in Rick's arms. When it's 21st century and there's a dinosaur running around in your backyard, you have to assume it's the result of some crazy biological experiment. Mm-hmm. The story is a little more complicated than that, Dr. Friend. Oh, sorry. The story is a little more complicated than that, Dr. Friend says from atop the examination table. He grimaces as he applies bacterial stuff to his foot. Bacterial stuff. Um, yeah. Stuff. You see, John didn't choose this subject because of his experiment randomly. He came to the Lavender House specifically as a way of involving me. Mina's eyes widen. So you knew this guy? Not exactly. The wax paper shifts beneath Dr. Friend as he crinkles beneath Dr. Friend as he shifts his weight. John was what is known as a stranger. Strangers are the field agents for the organization called the Department of Scientific Warfare. Back in 1991, I was recruited by the DSW to assist on an experiment they were conducting on Iraqi POWs that were captured during the first Gulf War. I won't get into specifics, but let's just say I was appalled by what they were doing and refused to carry out the test. <clears throat> I left the organization on somewhat contentious terms, which is why I've tried to stay off-grid ever since. Only once I was gone, they were able to convince an old colleague of mine, Dr. Halberg, to fill the position I vacated. Mm. Dr. Friend finishes dressing his wound, then tests his foot in range of motion. It was Dr. Halberg who actually knew John. The strangers typically have very little to do with what happens down the lab, but John was so desperate to impress his superiors he took it upon himself to get involved with the science stuff. One of Dr. Halberg's initiatives in particular caused attention. This, of course, was a serum that would transform soldiers into dinosaurs to use as weapons. The idea seemed pretty outlandish to the directors, and they didn't give it much consideration. John refused to let it go and convinced Dr. Halberg to continue working on the project in secret. After years of failed tests, they finally had a breakthrough a few months ago. They were all set to begin human trials when one night there was an accident. 
The two men were out celebrating, had too much to drink, and wrapped their car around a cactus. Dr. Halberg was killed in the crash, and the DSW blamed John. I suspect he was already on their shit list, and they just used the accident as an excuse to get rid of him. He was dismissed immediately, but not before grabbing all of Dr. Halberg's notes on the dinosaur experiment, along with a vial of the formula. And why did John come looking for you? asked Miss Hannah. Apparently, with his dying breath, the doctor mentioned my name to John. We hadn't been in touch since I left the DSW, but I guess he'd always kept track of me as a potential outside research, which is pretty alarming, actually. I have to wonder who else in the organization has eyes on me. Anyway, John couldn't run the test on his own, so he came to me. It's weird they told you all this, adds Mina. Another example of his cartoon villainy. Yep. <laughs> Believe it or not, he wasn't trying to intimidate me. Initially, he was hoping I would fall help him voluntarily, even after he broke into my place because I wouldn't let him in. Mina shakes her head. So, let me get this straight. First, he tries to infect someone he knew to be one of your patients with an experimental serum that turns people into dinosaurs. Then, he shows up at your door asking if you could please help him run some tests on the victims. My god, he was totally batshit. Pause for a second. Your face changes with each character. <laughs> like when you do Mina, your head tilts to the side. Well, because otherwise I can't. Like, because I cannot be a Tiffany otherwise. Like, what the fuck? Because otherwise I cannot be a Tiffany, alright? It's great. Because I'm not internally perky at fucking all. <laughs> but it's it's great to see you switch between characters <laughs> in a conversation because you're like, well, well, internally, well, well, internally, I'm the I'm the monotone guy. <laughs> It's not true. It's not true. I've known you long enough to know you're not the monotone. I am the monotone guy. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> not you guys, just her. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this. Like teach her the rest of the song. All right. Um, uh, all right. He certainly was. When I refused to help, he cold-cocked me, injected me with a tranquilizer, then started beating the shit out of me. Even while I was beating the shit out of me, he was still trying to convince me to help him with this experiment. Help me! Bam! Help me! Bam! Why won't you help me? Punch you in the face. <laughs> I am certainly glad we were able to stop him. I say, finally able to lift my head. But where does that leave us as far as finding a cure to my... <laughs> yeah that's all he cares about it really is that's it's like literally all he cares about that he doesn't 100 fit in the bathroom yep <laughs> pooping and fucking all yep. he cares about yeah dr friend slides off the exam table and limps over to me i can't make any promises unfortunately the vial of serum he brought to show me was destroyed in the fight if he had any more of it it was stashed somewhere i wouldn't know where it, if he has any more of it stashed somewhere I wouldn't know where to begin to look. He pats my head. Like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is at least we now know for sure it was caused by a sexually transmitted virus. That's more information than we had yesterday at least. I'll take some new samples today. But you should know it could be a long time before we start this all out. And what should we do in the meantime? Asked Mina. Now that John is dead, does that mean things can go back to normal? Dr. Friend sighs. I'm not sure they can, at least not right away. John claims to be acting alone, but the DSW does have a stake in all this. It's only a matter of time before they figure out what he was up to and start looking into it. 
That means at some point, they'll come looking for both you and Andy. So you're saying you should go into hiding. Mina slumps back on her stool. Uh. I had a feeling that's what you were going to say. It won't be so bad. The doctor shuffles over to his desk and sits down in front of his laptop. I actually know of a little secluded cabin in the woods outside of Ashford, Washington. It's right by where Bigfoot lives. He shows us a picture of a tiny wooden shack under a canopy of tall trees. There's no phone or electricity, but there is a wood-burning stove and running water. No one else knows about it, so you'll be safe there until this blows over. A secluded cabin in the woods, you say? In the Pacific Northwest? (laughs) Maybe dinosaurs are clairvoyant. And that's our only option? You don't have a hut on some tropical island we can go to instead? (laughs) Unfortunately not. Mina looks at Uh, Madame Hannah. What do you think? (laughs) I think he's right. You don't really have any other choice. There are too many people going and coming at the Lavender House. (laughs) So it's not a good idea to hide. I also don't want to endanger any of my other girls. Andy, what do you think? I've got nothing keeping me here. So it's an easy decision for me. I just want to make sure you're safe. I don't know. Mina shakes her head. How soon would we have to leave? I actually think you should leave tonight. I can hook you up with a meal before you go. While you're eating, I can take more samples from you guys and make you fake driver's licenses. After that, you should head out. So I can't (laughs) even go back to Lavender House to pack some clothes? Mina looks down at her blood-splattered t-shirt. I'm not exactly dressed for the Pacific Northwest. Miss Hannah takes out a wallet from the pocket of tight jean shorts. Here's 500. You can stop and get some supplies along the way. Oh, yeah, because going into Target in blood-splattered clothes and having, like, $100 bills. Totally fine. It's totally fine. Not a problem. Yeah. Nobody asks. Uh, wait, how are we supposed to live on $500 for however long it is that we're going to be out there? That should be more than enough money once you're there. Doc explains Dr. Friend. Once you're settled, you're mostly going to be living off the land. Ashford is in... <laughs> so out of Mina's wheelhouse. <laughs> Hold up. Ashford is in Pierce County, where there were 70 Bigfoot sightings last year. It's a place where people are used to seeing crazy shit and then getting all laughed at when they try to feel about it. Try to tell people about it. Even still, it's best to avoid going into town unless absolutely necessary. Ashford is the kind of place where a pretty young thing like yourself attracts almost as much unwanted attention as a dinosaur. So by living off the land, you mean hunting, fishing, picking berries. I'll give you a gun, but it'll be just for emergencies. The less noise you make, the better. Andy, that means you'll probably be doing the majority of the hunting. I'm not so good at hunting. Well, if you want to eat meat, you'll have to get good at it. If only there were time for Miss Hannah to teach me how to throw knives. Domino hands Mina the hunting knife he used to cut Dr. Friend's ropes. Here, take this. It's not the kind of knife you throw, but it'll be useful in the woods. Great. So we have a knife, a gun, and $500. And the only clothes I have are the ones I'm wearing. She looks down at her shirt again. Fuck it, I can't wear this. She says, casting the bloody garment on the floor. So now I guess I'm riding cross country in nothing but a bra and a tiny skirt. I'm going to be honest, I'm not feeling super confident about this plan. What about my clients? What about my life? I can't, I can't just leave. Miss Hannah puts her arm around Mina. I know this is all a little overwhelming, but it's going to be okay. I'll take care of your clients. Chicken brown No. I'll lock your room to make sure nobody fucks with your stuff while you're gone. I'll even come out to the cabin to check on you in a couple weeks and see how you're doing. Mina closes her eye and takes a deep breath. 
There's really no other choice. Not that I can think of. Well, fuck. I guess I'm moving to Washington then. Trust me, Dr. Friend says, wheeling a stoolie from the desk. It really won't be that bad. It's very beautiful out there. The air is crisp and clean, and the water and streams is tastier than anything you could ever get out of a bottle. Hell, if there was room in the cabin, I'd move in with you guys. Whatever. You'll see when you get there. Anyway, let me get those supplies for you. The doctor rolls back the rug in the middle of the room oh to reveal a small biometric safe. Dr. Friend. He opens the door with his thumbprint and takes out a revolver, a box of bullets, a rusty brass key, and a dirt-stained hand-drawn map. Oh Here, he says, pointing to the square next to the thicket of crudely sketched trees. What's happening? <laughs> this is the Ashford Post Office. You'll enter the woods here and look for this tree that has a heart with the initials AF carved into it. The cabin's, not, <laughs> the cabin's not hard to find once you know where to look. I'll take your word for it, Mina says, taking the map from him. The doctor's <laughs> banged up body creaks as he stands up. Miss Hannah, do you mind helping me prepare some dinner? My apartment's upstairs. No problem, Doc. The two of them head out of the office and disappear down the dark hallway. My body now has full sensation, and I can feel Rick's cottony beard against my back like a warm blanket. <laughs> okay. All right. Rick, I think I should be able to stand on my own now. You can probably put me down. Okay, buddy. The linoleum is cold under my feet, but I don't mind. It's actually kind of refreshing after the feverish fog I felt during my incapacitation from the tranquilizer. How much mm do you have? So fucking much. Really? Yeah. How long have we been going? Uh, an hour. Okay. I think we should pause it. Well, let me finish my sentence, and oh, then we can sorry. fucking pause. Oh, sorry, All right. sorry, I thought that was over. No, Mina's sitting quietly on the stool, resting her head in her chin. Running away together was my fantasy, not hers. I want her to be happy that we'll be at least have each other out there, but I know this is too much for me to expect from her right now. I walk over and nuzzle her neck. She rubs my cheek and cracks a half-smile at my attempt to cover her. And we will end there and finish up with Mina... And Andy in the woods, maybe some fucking Bigfoot next time on part 476 of our Lust Finds a Way adventure. Because holy shit, this book is forever. For having three chapters is forever fucking long. Yeah, well, especially if that was one sentence. It was a long sentence. It was. It was all one sentence. Just, it, the entire book is one sentence. It never ends. Oh, God. So, do you think Andy is going to be dinosaur-free since 73 at some point? No. I think he's going to meet an attractive Bigfoot female. And then brown chicken, brown cow it? Brown chicken, brown cow it. Nice. Yeah. I think that is the probably the best solution. And then Mina can come back and get weird freaky with Dr. Friend. Yeah. Yeah. Or Domino. Domino. Or Rick. Or Rick. All of them. Rick has that cottony beard that's like a sheep attached to his face. So, I, you know, she might be into that. Did you ever listen to the last podcast uh, on the left episode where they read the Bigfoot porn? Um, no, how did I miss that? Because that's what I'm listening to on the plane now when I go on my travels. Yeah, it's one of the... Um, uh, creepypasta episode. Oh, okay. I don't remember which one. I think it probably says creepypasta Bigfoot porn. But, um, 
basically, and I don't want to ruin it for you. Don't ruin it for but, me. Um, I will say that Bigfoot penises don't work the same way as human penises. <laughs> Alrighty. I'm excited now. Um, and Henry reads it. While the other two guys are going, no, stop, 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 stop. Excellent. Oh, my God. Dude, I, speaking of the last podcast, guys, um, I totally had this dream, like, two weeks ago where we were trying to find, we were on a road trip, and we were trying to find um, some, like, farmhouse because we were renting the farmhouse where we decided to, like, fuck it and become farmers. Like, sure. I don't even fucking know. But we stopped in this town for coffee because it is life. And um, Henry and Ben and Marcus. Marcus were the guys who ran the coffee shop. <laughs> so they all had, like, matching, like, barber aprons. And, like, the little paper caps that are just the front uh -huh. that are like on a headband <laughs> and they were serving everyone coffee in the barber shop or like in okay. the coffee shop sure it was super random but it was like part of my dream that they were just like there. serving coffee in this random coffee shop that's in this nice. little tiny ass town in the middle of fucking nowhere that's nice. wearing little aprons big like barber aprons and little tiny paper hats oh. it was super strange yeah was it good coffee uh, it was okay. Cool. Yeah, it was not bad. <laughs> Alright, so that's it for tonight. Yeah. Until next time. <gasps> Until next time. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs>